0: We're on this um, series titled Focus. And I think that this is such an important series. We're going to be doing this for this summer. And I think it's so important because we live in a world where it's too easy to be distracted, isn't it? Right? How easy is it to be distracted? I feel like sometimes we live in a world where we wear our busyness like a badge of honor. You ask someone, How is it going? And they're like, I'm busy. I know this because I talked to like 10, 20 people this morning. said, How's it going? And every single one of them at some point said, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. How often do you go up to someone and say, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, I just have so much time on my hands. I have an abundance of time. I don't know what to do with it, right? No, that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Life can be seen to go by just so quickly. Recently, I had a vacation. My family came down from Ontario to spend some time with us, and it was good. You know, we had this huge camp out in my backyard. We pulled in a couple trailers, and we all hung out for the entire time. And like I said, it was good, but it was busy. Like, so busy. You know that saying, I need a vacation for my vacation? I kind of felt like that a little bit. Like, I just needed a reprieve. I remember talking to my wife, Lisa, afterwards, and we were just like, man, that was only a week? Sure, it wasn't a month, two months maybe? Like, it felt just so long. But it was good. And at one point in, the, in our vacation my brother and my brother-in-law and I, we thought it'd be this great idea to do some home renovations, right? Because why not? What else can you do? So we had a plumber, a carpenter, an electrician between the three of us, and we decided to move the laundry room from upstairs to downstairs and just retrofit the pantry, basically, make it a little bigger. And this would have been a great idea, except we left left it to the very last day that they were there. So we woke up at like 5.30 in the morning, guns a blazing, and worked until the sunset to get it all done. And it was so chaotic, right? What a vacation. What a time off. But we all do that. We try to fit as much into our schedule as possible. And we live in this society because of this that is just so burned out, so stressed out, just running on fumes. And it has as much to do with what we're doing as it does even to do with our mindset and our thought patterns, and, and how we can be so busy in our minds. We live in a society, society today of over-information. right? Everything we want, it's right at our fingertips, just a click away. And there's misinformation out there, and, and everything you can fill your mind with, and everything you don't want to fill your mind with is just being bombarded at us, thrown at us, over and over and over, and we just don't even know how to take it all in. Sometimes it's just way too much. We're at a point right now in our history of humanity where we have access to more information than we have at any other point in the past. Do you realize that today? And not only do we have access, but it's all around us. Everywhere you look, just being thrown at you. Even today, I'm throwing information at you and you're like, it's enough, my brain is full, right? But I want you guys to take some time and listen to what I have to say today. It's so important. We live in an age today too where we have this thing called FOMO and that's the fear of missing out. My kids, I have five of them. They all have different bedtimes and the two younger girls are always fear like they're missing out. They're like, I want to stay up late too. Like it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. I hear that all the time as a parent. It's not fair. So anyways, it's summer and we're like, okay, we're going to let you guys stay up. So the two younger girls stay up with the older kids and they watch a the show and they're like, this is it? This is all there is? They you sit here and watch TV? and They're like, no, I want to go to bed now. Like, so you're afraid of missing out on so many things and at the end of the day, it's not important and we have the streaming services that we watch, and we have sports that we watch, and we have this thing called reality TV because our own reality isn't enough, right? We need other people's reality to take up our mind and our time. Like, we're not having enough on our plate. We're not living enough. Most of here, us here today, we have a job, and we have things to do, and, and we just have busy schedules, and we have families, and all this in only 24 hours, and we still have to sleep. And I'm telling you all this just to say It is so easy to lose focus. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I just want to invite you in here today. I thank you so much for the blessing that you are to each and every one of us. God, I pray that today you could be our focus and that through this message you would speak. Let everything fall away that isn't of you and let what is of you just speak to our hearts and our minds and let us leave here changed. Amen. So if we're not intentional about what we do with our time and about what we put into our minds and what we truly believe, then our whole life can be lived for us. We can live entirely lives, our entire life dictated by the world if we're not careful because it has an agenda if we lose our focus. It's not even that hard. All you need to do for this to happen is simply go with the flow. You heard the saying, go with the flow? Well, while I was having this vacation one day, My daughter and my niece, they decided it would be this great idea to float down the river. Now, in the community I live in, there's this river, it's like a horseshoe, and it goes around the entire community. So that is the definition of going with the flow, right? You're laying there on a tube, you're doing nothing, letting the current take you. It's going to be such a good time. The only problem is, I got in at the wrong end of this horseshoe, and my brother was waiting at the other side. So I get in with the girls, and I quickly realize I am going against the current and I'm dragging them, and I'm pulling them, and I'm doing everything in my power to get these girls to point B, from point A. And as I'm doing this, I'm just thinking, man, like, why did I pick this? I'm so done, I'm just pulling and pulling, and they're hitting the rocks, and I'm dragging these girls, and I finally get to where my brother is, and I just collapse, absolutely exhausted. And I didn't even get a thank you, something about teenage girls, I don't know, not even a thank you, they just went on their way. (laughs) But it takes so much work To go against the flow earlier in life lisa and i we led the youth group here at this church and we had this slogan it was called riot and lisa came up with this acronym called running into oncoming traffic which in hindsight isn't great to tell teenagers to do that but the whole meaning behind this was that we're going against the natural grain of things because in this world that is going in one direction as followers of jesus we're called to go in the opposite direction We need to constantly keep our focus in going against the flow. And just like it took so much effort for me to go against that stream and walk, it takes a lot of effort for us as followers of Jesus to go against that grain. My hope here today is to have you challenge your thinking. Your worth is not in what you do. It is in who you are. Your worth is not in what you do. It is in who you are. We can take that a step further. Your value is not in how others see you. It is in who God made you to be. Let's be honest with ourselves. True change requires true honesty. How much thought do you give to who you are? Maybe a little. You might think every once in a while, like, who am I? But how much thought do you give to what you do? Let me put it this way. How many of you right now, you're listening to me think, but you're also thinking about, what am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to do after church? Then you're thinking about what you're going to do this evening, this afternoon, and you're already thinking about tomorrow is Monday and how you have to go to work. And you have all this stuff and you start planning your week, your month, thinking about your vacation, planning your grocery list, all these things. Maybe you're thinking about walking the dog or playing with the kids, all these thoughts, right? And they're not bad, but it consumes a lot of our mind what we do, so much of that. And where does God fit into all these thoughts that are going on in your mind? Where does God fit in all the stuff you are planning? How are you living your life to fulfill God's plan for you? Where is your focus today? I'm not judging you, and I'm not saying everyone is like this, but I guarantee you there are people here today that are stressed out. I guarantee you there's people today that are running on fumes. There's just so much effort that we have and so much energy we have to give. I know there's people here that, you know, we're alive, but we're not truly living. We need to have the priority straight in our actions. When we are living according to God's plans, we are the best versions of ourselves. And not only are we the best versions of ourselves, but what we do gets our best. Our efforts, our work, and everything we do will be at its best if we are living in our calling. This comes down to living in your calling. And here at City Light Church, we have this program called Growth Track. And you take it, and it tells you a little bit about your personality, and you can learn about who you are in God, and your spiritual gifts, and, and all this stuff. And this comes down to your calling, what God is calling you to be. Now, we're all called to the Great Commission, which is going into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a calling for all of us, right? But how we live out that calling is different to each and every one of us. Some of us here, we're going to go out. We're going to be missionaries. And we're going to reach people far across the world to the ends of the earth, right? Spreading the name of Jesus. Others of us are in business. And the corporate world is where our ministry takes place. And we live through integrity and just living honorably for God. And we're an example to those people around us. Some people here, they're just really good at inviting people. And everyone they talk to, they can just easily slip it in there. Hey, why don't you come to church? Why don't you come to church? I'm not really good at that myself, but I know there's so many people that can just excel in this area, and that's where they're called to do their ministry. Some people here are small group leaders, and you're, you're mentoring people, and you're discipling people, and those people will go out, and they'll also go and reach other people. It's the greatest MLM, multi-level missionaries, right? <laughs> Be part of that one, please. And yet others of us just want to give up our time, and we want to serve. And if someone says, hey, there's a need, they want to fill that need instantly. You say, hey, I need help with this. the first one to put their hand up and be there. And that's how they are living out the great commissions. Yet others are philanthropists. And they just have this ability to make so much money, and they want to give that money. They want to share that money and give to charity. And that is how they are living out the great commission. We are all different, but we are all called to make disciples. It's one goal. But there's many ways of accomplishing this goal. This is why our focus should be on who we are in Jesus. Then what we do will naturally be an outpouring of our calling, and it'll be done at its best in who God made us to be. I hope that this is making sense to you guys. I know I'm going through this pretty pretty quick here, but now I'm gonna start preaching. <laughs> so it's so important to focus on who God made you. And we lie to ourselves sometimes. And we believe we can focus on more than one thing at once, don't we? We think that we can just take it all in at the same time. The best we can do is focus on a lot of things, at a lot of different times, back to back to back, and we call this multitasking, and women are better at it than men. But really, by definition, that is not what focus is. Whatever gets your attention gets your focus, and whatever gets your focus gets done. Whatever gets your attention gets your focus, and whatever gets your focus That is what gets done. In this world, with all of the distractions, we need to simplify. Doing more will not make you happy. This is why God says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Why are we so intent on focusing on so many things at once? If we were to focus on one thing one thing, I believe we would be more satisfied in our lives. We would thrive more in our walks with God and we would be more successful in everything we set out to do. And I'm not here to tell you that you need to do this one thing or you have to go this direction or that direction, but I want to remind you of who we are in Jesus and what we're called to do. Last week, Pastor Doug was talking about the kingdom and and putting the kingdom first. And he talked about the order of our priorities. And so many of us are told, right, like God's first, then our family, then the church, then your work, but it's not an order of one through whatever. God is at the center of absolutely everything we do. God is the center of our family. God is the center of our work, and it all revolves around him. It all revolves around one thing. Let's go through some scriptures that use the phrase one thing. Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is one thing, one thing we can all do. We can all forget what is past, and we can all push on to what is forward. Often our focus can be pulled in many directions, And it starts getting pulled towards our past. When we dedicate ourselves to God. What happens? And when we have a a life with Jesus, what is that? That's a new life. We're called to be a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. And we are free from all those things that drag us, all those chains that hold us. It's a complete separation. But still, old mindsets linger. And we accept Jesus in his forgiveness, but we still hold on to those memories. It's like that saying, forgive but don't forget, right? And sometimes we do that and we think God's like that with us. We think that he forgives us, but there's no way he can forget our past. There's no way. But here Paul is saying that one thing he does is he forgets what is behind and he goes on to what is ahead. So Paul forgets all of his baggage, all of his misdeeds, right? Paul forgets his whole endeavors where he was going against Christians, persecuting them, throwing them in prison, Having them put to death. These are literally people that are following the Jesus that changed his life and that he accepted. And he says, No, I'm going to forget all that. Whatever you've done, no matter how bad it is, forget about it. Put it in the rearview mirror. Don't look back. Look forward. What happened with Lot and his wife? They were leaving the city and they said, Just go, but don't look back. But Lot's wife looks back. She turned into a pillar of salt, right? And the, the message here is that don't look back on your past. It's not going to get you where you need to go. It's not going to get you to the place where God wants to take you. We need to be able to let go of our past and fully move on, baggage-free. And what are we moving on to? Paul talks about it here. He says, to win the prize for which God has called him heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're moving towards Jesus, and heaven is our home. Simple. That's our focus. Let's read through Luke chapter 10 verses 38 to 42, one thing, right guys? So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, never good when someone says your name twice in a row i feel like you're gonna get in trouble right so martha martha the lord answered you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed or indeed only one mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her there are two different women in this story they're sisters there's mary and there's martha now martha she is a many things person isn't she We see here how she is distracted by all the preparations that need to get done. How many people here can relate to this? You just need to get it done. Distracted by all the preparations and you go around from one task, moving on to the next task, running around like a chicken with your head cut off, not knowing where up and down is left or right. But worse than that, You start to resent the people around you because you're like, hey, you're not picking up the slack. Why aren't you working as hard as me? You could be doing better here. Come and help. I can't... Why are you sitting over there doing nothing? You should be here helping me. There is work to be done. Can you not relate to that? I have been there. The other woman, Mary, she's a one thing type of woman. Mary is all about Jesus. Mary has focus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus and taking in everything he has to say. Could you imagine if Jesus was here right now, just preaching the word, the Son of God? Would you not want to like hang so intently on every word that came out of his mouth? You know, our Savior? I'd like to think that's what I would be doing. But if I'm honest, and I really think about it, the hard reality is more often than not, I am like Martha. And what needs to get done takes my time. Even at church, I can do that sometimes, right? We want to serve. We want to get things done. We want to be part of the ministry. There's always going to be more work to do. But we have to leave that time for Jesus. And Jesus says in this passage, no, don't do that. Martha, Martha. And you know, as I was preparing this, I felt like he was saying, Burton, Burton, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get all caught up in what needs to get done. And the words he spoke to Martha, he spoke to me. And he said, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Just one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. We need to be choosing what is better. And that is a life with Jesus. Following the ways of Jesus. Having him number one in our lives. And I guarantee you guys... When you put Jesus number one, nothing can take that away from you. That is a promise. No lies from Satan. Nothing you do wrong in this world will ever separate you from God. Nothing. It says that in his word. Sometimes the one thing is something we lack. Let's turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 22. As Jesus started on his way, And loved him. One thing, one thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. When we start our relationship with Jesus, and we ask him into our heart, he has this amazing ability to shine a light on our lives. Every single area everything we keep in the darkness and try to keep away from him, he just shines a light in there and it's brought to the forefront. It's brought to the front of our minds and he brings it to our attention. For this man, that thing was money. Jesus says one thing you lack, but we all have things in our lives that distract us. If God is truly asking you to go and sell all your things, then you should do it. It's for your betterment. I'm not saying that's what he's saying to you, but I do know we all have things that we need to work on in our lives. I do know that God is continually asking us to do new things. It's called discipleship. And discipleship is a process. And it's really a process that you never attain the end goal to. It's a continual work. And Jesus continues to shine the light on your life and continues to point ways out. And you continue to grow. And you grow in your character and your hope for God. And this is our walk with Jesus. Jesus did not want to harm this man but he wanted to set him free. His wealth had become his master. And like it says in the Bible, we can't serve two masters, right? Because our devotion will be separated between two things. And we're going to love one and we're going to hate the other. So we need to focus totally on God and those things that we put before God, we need to start to remove from our lives. I like in this account, when it's told in Mark, how it says, Jesus looked at the man with love. This is right before Jesus said, one thing you lack. You know, when we're made aware of the things in our lives that are taking away our focus from Jesus, it's always done in love. God is love by nature. Sometimes we think it's like to harm us or to keep us from good things. It's kind of like that, that FOmo thing, right? The fear of missing out on I mean, maybe what the world has, but true love will ask for sacrifice, and it is sacrifice that will lead to freedom. As a father, I discipline my children. And at times I say no to them. I know, shocker, right? And sometimes when I I look at their their face, I have a picture there, and they look up at me with those puppy dog eyes, and I'm just like, oh man, can I have some more candy? And I look at them, and I say, no. (laughs) You think that's easy? You think that's easy to say no to that face? It's almost very close to impossible. But... I know it's for their betterment to say no. I don't like saying no. It'd be so much easier for me to say, hey, yeah, you know what? Have it. It'd make me feel better. But I know what's best for them. And I don't want them to suffer. I don't want them to have a stomach ache. I don't want their teeth to rot. I don't want them to have a sugar high and then a sugar crash. So with a heavy heart, I give a loving no. And that is what God is doing with this man in the same way jesus gives us a loving no sometimes and with this man he lovingly asks him to sacrifice and he will lovingly ask us to sacrifice things in our life but this is not to our detriment no it is to our advantage and it will lead to a more thriving life a more fulfilled life it says in the bible that jesus came to give us life and give it to us to the full right And some of us are wondering why we aren't living that life fully for God. Like, Jesus, give it to me. I want this full life already. I want this life free from all sin, all addiction. I want this life where I can get up in the morning and jump out of bed and say, Amen! Hallelujah! I want this life where the hard times will just roll off my shoulders like you say. And I'll consider it pure joy when I face trials of any kind. I want that life. And we're like, why don't we have that life? Why don't we have that life? It's because we need to start sacrificing We need to start sacrificing things in our life that we are holding on to way too tightly. And just like he says to this man, you know, give up your wealth, sell everything you own. What would have happened if that guy did that? He probably would have went on to be one of Jesus' disciples. We would have actually gotten to know his name, right? Like, who is this guy? Nobody knows. Is that how you want to be remembered? As someone who just got forgot? as someone who didn't learn the lesson, as someone who didn't make the sacrifice? Or do you want to be someone like Paul who says, I choose to leave what's behind, pressing on towards what is forward? Doesn't that sound more exciting? Doesn't that sound like a life you want to live? I don't hear a lot of amens out there. Yeah. Yeah, right? I don't, like, this is what it's about. This is why we follow Jesus. What gets your attention gets your focus, and what gets your focus gets done. Should your focus not be on things of eternity? We spend way too much time thinking about worldly stuff. We need to start focusing on eternity. Psalms chapter 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple. You know, there's a song we used to sing, Better is one day. Better is one day in his house. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. And this is where the lyrics from that verse come, right? One thing I'd ask, and I would seek to see your beauty, to find you in the place your glory dwells. You know, I'm just reminded of that song. I remember singing that song. Being like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to see your beauty, God. I want to make it to the place where your glory dwells. I want to be in that place with, with no pain and no sorrow and no suffering and no death. Yeah, heaven. I feel like that's why we're at war with ourselves sometimes because we know, like we want to be so badly in heaven and yet we're here. We're in this world, in this fallen world. We know where we belong in a higher kingdom. It's why it's a battle. It's why it's hard. It's why it's frustrating. But it's also why we need to focus on God and what he needs to offer. And we need to ignore a lot of what the world's throwing at us because it's not going to help us out. It's not going to get us closer to our eternal home. We need to start thinking about things in eternity. Will you join me today and live the one thing lifestyle? Focus on Jesus. He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's a promise. We need to be kingdom seekers, right? Everything will be added unto us. We can't be worrying. We fill our lives with so much worry. And he says, Don't, don't worry about anything. Look at the birds, they're clothed. Are they, they're fed? How much more will I feed you? Look at the flowers, they're clothed in more righteousness than Solomon in all his glory. How much will I clothe you? Who of you can add but one day by worrying? Nobody. Nobody, right? This is all scripture. It's so like laid out for us to live. We just need to know it. And that's how we focus. We pray, we read the Bible, and we worship. Spiritual disciplines. This is not some like crazy thought. This is fundamentals of discipleship. But what do we do? We ignore them. You know, I have to get honest with myself sometimes too. Like how much time am I putting into those spiritual disciplines? How much time do I spend reading the Bible? How much time do I spend in prayer? How much time do I spend worshiping God and truly worshiping God? Just taking those moments. This is how you will like have your focus on one thing. So many voices out there all over the place trying to distract you. But we need to seek after the one true voice of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just come before you right now. And even as we're praying, God, I just, I'd ask that people would just think about you, think about their lives in light of eternity. There's so many distractions in the world today. There's so many things that distract us away from you and and your plan for our lives and, and the calling that you have for each and every person here. God, I'd ask today that we'd be able to know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, our calling. That we would know what it is you would have us to do, where our strengths are, where you're leading us, where you want us to follow you. And it might not be comfortable. God, it won't be comfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. But it will be for our betterment. And it'll be so we can live that abundant life, Father. So today, God, I just ask you would bring to our minds anything, God, anything that is distracting us, anything that is keeping us from seeing you, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in your entirety. Shine your light on every person here, God reach into the darkest areas of our lives god god we don't want to leave any person behind here today father more than anything we want every single person to follow you and be in a relationship with you if you're here today and you've never given your life to jesus i just want you to repeat this prayer after me because it's going to change your life it's the most important step you can take is to give your life to God. So if that's you here today, you can say this prayer, you can say it in your mind. Just repeat it after me. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I know only you can take away the sin in my life. I ask you to come into my heart and make it your home. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to follow you in your ways all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me.